What is going on you guys and welcome back to another video. If you are new to the channel here, my name is Brandon. As always, we do have our investing academy as that first link down in the description below. But today's video, we are going over the topic of dividends. And this is gonna be more of an educational lesson, kind of throwing it back to what I love talking about because I think there are so many investors out there who are either invested in dividends, they're considering investing in dividends, but they don't have a true understanding of what a dividend is. Maybe they do on a base level, but in my opinion, when we're able to kind of break things down layer by layer, kind of start with the foundation and the base and work our way up, especially when it comes to the world of stock market investing, that's the way that it has to be done. So in this video, I wanna go into almost a deeper look in terms of what a dividend is. In my opinion, dividend investing and generating passive income through dividends is by far and wide the best way for the average person to go out and generate a stream of passive income. Yes, there are a number of other options such as real estate, such as other options, but dividends takes the cake for me. It is the best option and I think everybody out there should at least be considering it. And I wanna start today's video off with just a couple of definitions here. When you come online, you're gonna see what is a dividend. Well, here's one definition that states, a dividend is a distribution of some of a company's earnings to its class A shareholders as determined by the company's board of directors, common shareholders of dividend paying companies are typically eligible as long as they own the stock before the X dividend date. X dividend dates are a topic in and of themselves. And if you are curious about that, I have done a video on that, which I will link up for you. Here's another one just saying a dividend is a distribution of profits by a corporation to its shareholders. When a corporation earns a profit or a surplus, it is able to pay a proportion of its profit as a dividend to shareholders, any amount not distribu distributed is taken to is taken to be reinvested in the company. So what I want to highlight there, very, very important, is a dividend is a distribution of profits. So profits, earning income, that's a key one, from a corporation to its shareholders. There are so many investors out there that understand on a base level, yeah, I own a stock. And every couple months I check my accounts and yeah, I get a dividend payment. Some stocks pay dividends, some stocks don't. But let's take it a moment deeper here and actually dive into, this is a report by Nike. So this is actually, I think their most recent earnings report. Nike may not be the best company to be honest to do this with, but we're gonna do it anyways because I just love Nike. But I want you guys to know a deeper level understanding. It's not just cash that you receive. Let's understand where that comes from. And pretty much any type of income statement that you come across is gonna look very similar to this. Just keep in mind that we are looking at a quarterly report here. So this just keeps track of three months. But to very simply go through this, let's start at the very, very top, which is the line revenue. Regardless of what company you're looking at, we always start with the top line. In fact, there's a term that you're gonna hear called top line because it is the top line, it's the tippity top. It is the revenue, it's what a company is pulling in, whether that's from the sale of their goods, the sale of, the, of their services. In this case, looking at Nike, during the quarter, they pulled in $11.3 billion in revenue. And these numbers, just FOI, is important to note that they are stated in millions. So when we see this comma here, well, that's thousand millions, it's a billion. So $11 billion that they pulled in, and that is literally every dollar that they received when someone went out and bought a pair of shoes or when they went out and bought a Nike cap or a sweatshirt or whatever it is, anytime someone swiped their card or you know exchanged cash at a register, this came in during the quarter, $11.3 billion. Now, important to understand here is that this 
3 billion. This is not what the company actually keeps at the end of the day. This is not their profit. This is not the bottom line, the earnings. This is literally just the top line because companies, regardless of what that company is, they have expenses, they have costs of goods, of rubber for the soles, they have to pay for marketing, they have to pay their staff and the warehouses. There's all sorts of expenses that will eat away at this revenue. And then we're gonna get to the earnings in just a moment which is what we're all after at the end of the day. But the next line down here is what is known as the cost of sales. And very simply, if we took, for example, a shoe, a Nike shoe, well, those are all sorts of leather and again, rubber soles and the shoelaces, t-shirts, exact same idea, there's cotton. These are all the raw materials, the raw costs that a company has to incur in order to produce this product or good. In this particular case, we see that in the quarter, Nike's costs of sales ran at about $6.1 billion. So yes, they generated 1.3 or 1.4 in sales, but it cost them about half of that to actually get these products uh, developed and built. We see here the gross profit of $5.2 billion. Right below that, I like how they display the gross margins. This is a number that I will often reference in my videos. I'll talk about a company's gross margins, their operating margins, we're gonna get that into a second. But the gross margin basically tells us on that actual good that they're delivering, the product, the service, what they're selling, essentially for every dollar that they pull in, it costs them about 50, or in this case, about 55% of that to essentially get the goods and material for that. So this row highlighted gross margin is a very good way of telling us, well, what is the profitability or what is the, the margins that they're making on the actual sale of the good? Now, it doesn't end there because there's so much more expenses that go into operating a business and actually running it in terms of getting ads out there and lighting up their warehouses or their factories, paying their staff. This is where we go a little bit deeper and every you know company reports it slight, slightly differently. This one's actually relatively new to me, demand creation expense. I'm gonna take that as the fact that this is probably advertising, so marketing, the money that they're spending on ads, AKA demand creation. Again, maybe just a funny way of looking at that. You have the operating overhead expense. So again, costs of just operating their warehouses and factories. Basically this line right here, which can also be known as SGNA, is a better way of looking at that. It basically just compiles up the costs that actually the company incurs to actually operate and ultimately make the sale of these goods because you have to do marketing, you have to ha pay staff. And this is actually a more appropriate number. This is a number that we see totaled up at $3.7 billion for the quarter. If we simply divided that by revenue, it essentially gives us a percentage form of their costs for actually operating the business. Nevertheless, we are still not done. This is still not where dividends are derived from because there are still more costs that different companies have to incur. Yes, you, yes, you can have your operating profit or your operating income, which is a very good metric to look at, but then you do still have things like tax rates. Companies do pay tax, companies pay interest on their debt, and all companies vary. It is quite different, which can make it hard to compare, but that's where we have these next segments which are titled interest expenses, essentially the number that a company is paying in interest to finance their debt. Below that, what we see is income. So they're, the company's income before income taxes. So before the company paid their tax, they paid 164 uh, million dollars in tax. Again, these are millions, leaving us with what we are looking for here at net income. So in the quarter, Nike produced 1.3 billion, excuse me, dollars in net income. A big difference there from the 11.3 that we talked about in revenue. Nevertheless, when we talk about a company paying us a dividend, it's from this net income that we are often looking. It's the profits that a company has generated after 
minusing out all their expenses, they've got this surplus, they've got this money left over, and they're going to choose to either pay a dividend, either not pay a dividend, or pay a portion of that out to shareholders. Now below here, this is one of the good ways that we can look at it kind of simply. If we took this net income or the net earnings or profits, those are all interchangeable, and we divided by the number of shares that are outstanding with the company Nike, we see that the earnings per share for every share outstanding of Nike, they earned about, let's just call it 84 cents. Right below, we technically do have the number here in terms of the common shares outstanding. We don't need to do this math because what we wanna look for is EPS or earnings per share. Hey everybody, it's Brandon here. I'd like to interrupt today's episode very briefly to remind you that if you're looking for more training in the Canadian stock market, don't hesitate to check out our Investing Academy. You can join our private membership group and get access to our top stock picks, trade calls, portfolio insights, and a variety of tools that are helping our members all across the country better their own investing journeys. All it takes is one great stock idea or tip, and that alone can cover years and years of your subscription to our membership group. If you're looking for some additional video training to broaden your knowledge and expand your understanding of the stock market in Canada, we do of course offer a fully video online training program where you can learn from the comfort of your home amongst a variety of students across the country. Both of these products can be found at www.theinvestingacademy.ca where you can sign up for them online or schedule a call with us to learn more. Now back to our scheduled episode. essentially every share earning 84 cents. Well, down at the bottom here, we have dividends declared per common share. So again, we're now looking at a per share basis. Well, they've declared that they're gonna be paying 30 cents in dividends. So of this 84 cents per share that they've generated, 30% of that, or sorry, 30 cents of that is going to be out in dividends. We see it's actually an increase over the previous year where they were paying 27 cents per share, we see that bumped up to 30 cents. And now it may make a little more sense when we look at a number like we talk about all the time as a, a payout ratio, right? A payout ratio basically takes the amount of dividends that are paid out relative to the earnings. And it basically gives us an idea of you know, how much wiggle room there is or how much of that earnings they're doing. Often we would look at the payout ratio using the total numbers. So looking at you know total earnings at uh, total dividends paid, in this case, it's the exact same thing if we're looking at it on a per share basis because we're basically just fractioning it up to look at slivers. But in this case, if we did the math, rough math, 30 cents paid out in dividends divided by 84 cents, which is what the company earned per share, that gives us a payout ratio of about 35. So this company's paying in the ballpark of 35. If you go up to another, um, you know, any of your sites that would help you track the payout ratio, you're gonna see it in that ballpark. And again, we're looking back at the previous quarter here, which is why there is a slight discrepancy. Before we move on, I do wanna say a quick thank you to today's video sponsor, Passive. Passive is a tool that helps you rebalance your portfolio. It can let you know whether you're on track, if you're overweight, if you're underweight, your set targets, you can set a variety of different model portfolios, set the allocations all to your pleasing. They integrate seamlessly with brokers like Questrade here in the Canadian market. And if you are a Questrade user, you can get their elite plan for no cost. It's an awesome platform to go check out. I use it as part of my rebalancing, as part of my due diligence process. There is a link down in the description below if you would like to check them out. And thank you to them for sponsoring today's video. Back to the video. If I do just want to run through one more quick example of this, but looking at it on an annual level or on a bigger scale. So this is actually looking back at the 2021 fiscal year, their annual report, exact same idea. We're obviously just dealing with bigger numbers. Revenue pulled in 44 billion, cost of goods, essentially half that still pretty much. We work our way down. 
Nike pulled in $5.7 billion in income in the fiscal year 2021. If I toggle over to another financial statement, one of the other big ones that you're going to come across, which is the consolidated statement of cash flows, one of the big three that we would commonly look at. Basically, right at the top, we have that net income number. Here's the 5.7 billion that we just looked at for the year. And if we scroll all the way down, we will see a section here titled dividends. Again, this is looking at it more on a top level or a big bunch way of looking at it. Nike paid out $1.6 billion in dividends. If we did the math on that in terms of a payout ratio, well, it's 1,600 or 1.638 billion, uh, 1.6, 1.638 divided by 5727, we get the range of 28, we get the range of 30. The exact number is really beyond the point. And it's not that we're really here to talk about payout ratios because this could be a topic in and of itself, talking about what is a good payout ratio, what's too high, what's too low. I mean, companies do often vary. And again, Nike's probably not the best example because they're not necessarily known for being a good dividend stock. Uh, they do pay a dividend, but they're not a dividend stock like a Johnson Johnson or PepsiCo. Nevertheless, the reason I wanna go over that is because I want you guys as investors to kind of have this new profound way of looking at it that when you are going out and buying a stock that pays a dividend, you are literally getting the company's profits. They are a business, they are a machine that is out there functioning and you don't have to worry about anything that they do. They have management teams, they have sales divisions, they have everything that they do. And for us as investors, we can make essentially buy portions of that. We can buy shares of this business and let them do all the hard work and they can spin this off to us, literally sharing with us the company's profits. That is what a dividend is. And that's why when I think about it this way, and when I realize more than just, oh, I, a stock randomly pays me some cash, when I think about it in terms of, I'm literally getting some profits, what's left over at the end of the business, it makes me think differently about dividend stocks. It makes me think differently about the companies that I'm selecting. Again, a lot of companies out there flat out just don't pay dividends because they're not in a sound or strong enough financial position to do so. There are so many companies out there that are yet to make profits. They're losing money quarter after quarter or quarter or year after year after year. Well, of course they're not going to be able to pay out a dividend. But when you have these companies like a Johnson and Johnson or like a PepsiCo that have been paying dividends for 50 plus years, it just boggles my mind to, to realize how difficult that is and how strong a company is financially through all of the downturns, through all of the recessions and through all of the crashes that we've had, all of the tough times in the market and our economy, a company can not only pay dividends for 50 plus years, but with the case of Johnson & Johnson and PepsiCo, just naming a few, they have actually increased that dividend year after year after year. And for anybody that's in business or maybe owning a small business or working for a big business, you know, like it's, it's difficult for businesses to just remain profitable and successful for year after year after year after year. There are so many stats about businesses failing and going through, you know, periods of time where they're not able to do well. To me, when I see history like that, you put those types of companies in a tier of their own, at least for me, when it actually comes to selecting dividend stocks and selecting which ones have ticked off the boxes are going to be a suitable hold in my portfolio. These are all the things that you do factor in. It's one thing to look at 
a quote and say, well, this stock pays a 7% dividend or an 8% dividend, but that tells you really nothing about what's happening underneath the company and whether they're able to finance these dividends, whether they're going to be able to sustain these dividends long-term, because that's really the last thing that you want is to go out and buy a dividend. And especially if you're older and reliant on this income, and then they go in and slash the dividend or cut the dividend by 30% or 50% or sometimes just entirely. Now I will just say, this metric that we looked at today, looking at dividends relative to earnings, that is just one way of looking at it. It's not the be all end all. In my last video, if you didn't catch that video, we actually compared the dividends paid up to free cash flow generation or cash flow. There are actually a lot of cases where I think it does make sense to actually use that metric when looking at the health or the sustainability of a dividend. The example that we did in the last video was, um, Imperial Group, Imperial Brands, the tobacco company. That was a good example to me where we actually line things up with free cash flow because again, earnings, although being a great metric to look for in general, and I would say that's the first place we wanna look, each and every company does have their uniquenesses in terms of the tax rates that they pay. There are a lot of variables that can kind of hinder that number and it may not be all telling versus if we're able to look at free cash flow, money that the company has beyond kind of their expenditures or their expenses, that absolutely can be where they pay dividends from. It's just another way of looking at it. And if you guys are interested in a video very similar to this, but talking about that, you can let me down, know down in the comment section below. Again, this video is something that I just wanted to throw together. I haven't really been in front of the camera at all too long, but um, it's one that I think would be really valuable because again, to kind of bring it back to the top of this video, dividends are something that I think each and every one of us should be striving for. If your goal is financial freedom, if it's retiring early, if it's essentially generating enough passive income to go do what you want with your life, there should be no question that dividends should play a part in that. There can be other areas such as real estate, but going out and buying good dividend stocks and building a portfolio of dividend companies, to me, this is the clear cut easiest way to do it. And I just want you guys as our viewers and as part of this community to just have that deeper understanding, one level deeper. Again, maybe you did already know this, and if you did, I would just commend you, and that's really, really good. But if you did learn something new, if you did get a better understanding of dividends, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment and dropped a big thumbs up on the video. That is a great way of supporting the channel. If you are not already subscribed, you can take a moment and subscribe to the channel and make sure you hit the bell for notifications because otherwise YouTube will not notify you sometimes when I do make a post. And if you want to stay up to date and fresh, got to make sure that you hit that bell for notifications. And I will just remind you that as always, if you are looking for courses and training, if you want to learn more about the stock market, whether you're starting off as a complete beginner, whether you want to get into more of the metrics and the numbers and get more your hands kind of intertwined, we offer all sorts of courses and training specifically catered towards Canadians. So people that are here in Canada that want to learn with a group, with a community, they want to be able to ask questions and bounce ideas back and forth. To me, that is really the best way to learn. I think, especially when it comes to a complex topic like this, where you're going to have questions, you're going to have hesitations. You can learn all about that by clicking the first link down below to check out our investing Academy. But with that said, I will wrap up today's video. Again, if you enjoyed, don't hesitate to drop a quick thumbs up, but as always, I thank you for watching. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next video.